Growing Up, our brand new resource for churches and parents is out now. Woohoo! With Sunday school sessions, training videos, podcast episodes for parents and one for the whole family. All there to help our children navigate the confusion, filter the messages they're surrounded by and hear God's good story. All our Growing Up resources point to the Heavenly Father who loves our children even more than we do and has the answer to their biggest questions about who they are and how to live. Together, as families and churches, we can support each other to start good conversations about bodies, gender and marriage so our children can grow up hearing God's good story. Head over to the website faithinkids.org and find out all the details about growing up. Hello, James Carey here. This is the Faith in Parents podcast, but it doesn't sound like it usually does. That's because this is also an episode of the Keswick Convention podcast, which I host along with Rachel Redeemed. And in this episode, I interview Faithing Kids' very own Ed Drew about being grateful, which is obviously something we want to teach our kids, but how do we do that? Well, as usual, the answer is more uncomfortable than we would like to admit. So have a listen to that. And if you like what you heard, go and listen to more Keswick Convention podcasts, including episodes on being grateful in times of loss, how to be grateful for the worst boss in the world, and how to be grateful for our identity. You're maybe spotting a theme there. That last episode is with Professor Glyn Harrison, and well worth your time. We'll put a link to that in the show notes, but let's get on with it right now. Welcome to the Keswick Convention Podcast. I'm James Carey. I'm joined by my co-host as ever, Rachel Redeem. Hello, Rachel. Hello, Jam. A joy to be back with you as ever. Would you say that you were a grateful child? I admit it does feel bold to say in this moment, but genuinely, I I think I actually was. And uh, to no attribution to myself, but I guess we'll, we'll see what comes out in this podcast, but I would be very quick to attribute it to my parents, both who really, to this day, really love Jesus with their whole heart and really modelled that to me, I think, growing up. And they were particularly thankful for people. And so I just saw that and absorbed it and copied it. So I think that's what I'd say. But happy to be challenged on that. But what about you, Jam? I think I was a fairly happy child, but I wasn't necessarily grateful. They're not really quite the same thing, are they? And I guess we're really learning what grateful means in this series. And I think we're particularly aware that our kids can often be ungrateful. So as a Christian parent, I want to be raising grateful kids uh, like your mum and dad, Rachel. But how do I go about doing that? Well, one place to start would be with Ed Drew. So Ed, nearly five years ago, you set up an organisation called Faith in Kids. Why did you do that? What was the aim? And what have you learned in the last five years? The goal, the aim, is to help parents and churches work together in raising children to know Christ. Uh, I have just given you a corporate speak vision statement. 
the the softer version of that is I had spent 12 years working for a large church uh, with about 200 under 11s and a wonderful number of parents. And I discovered that we didn't really know what we were doing. And lots of other churches thought we did and were coming to me more and more for help. So I decided when I thought it was time to stop working for that church, serving that church, there was the opportunity to try to help more churches find their way through raising children to know Christ. How has that changed the mission statement and the goal over the last five years? Because I know it hasn't been quite what you thought it would be. Totally. We started out particularly trying to help the person who leads children's work in the local church, one, one person in each church. We wanted to give them training and resources and put simply that I was that person in my church. So I was trying to set up a charity to help people like me who were as baffled as me to do that in other churches. Quite quickly, I say after a year, we we established we need to be helping parents directly. It feels like helping parents do this is a little bit new, isn't it? I mean, in a way, it feels like maybe 20 years ago, people thought, well, it's a Christian home, but the church will do most of the heavy lifting in discipleship. But it feels like that the culture has, has changed a bit. Uh, is that fair? And why do you think that, why do you think churches need help helping parents raise their kids in the faith? I suspect if we went back 100 years to this country or some other country, they'd probably be baffled in that if a culture is predominantly Christian, if most of the nation are going to church, uh, then raising children sort of happens. So, for instance, we did a podcast uh, with uh, Chris Howes in Uganda, and he told us everyone goes to church on Christmas Day in Uganda. The whole country goes to church. And his Sunday school group has 500 children in it. I think in Uganda at the moment, I doubt they have seminars on raising children to know Christ because the children see their neighbours and their parents and their teachers and their uncles and their aunts and and everyone else trying to live for Jesus and working out how faith changes the way they live. In our country now, our children have fewer people to do it. They have fewer heroes who are Christians. Um, I think in Uganda, people are interviewed on TV about being Christians and their archbishops and bishops and church leaders are, are national heroes. And that's not the story in the UK at the moment. So I think we have to be a bit more intentional than we were 40 years ago. Well, let's be intentional in this podcast. We're talking about being uh, grateful. And the way I've said the word grateful there implies like I'm an I'm a parent saying it to a child that you must be grateful. <laughs> How can we get our kids to say thank you and not just to us but to God as well. Is this something that you struggle with and how do you go about doing it? Uh the obvious thing is yes, of course I struggle with it because I'm human and I live in a developed country. So I am mainly whinging and complaining and I'm very rarely grateful to anyone and I'm very rarely grateful to God. I think the crucial thing to understand is that to be a parent means you have someone in your home who is watching your heart all the time. You can't put up a facade to your children. If we want to raise grateful children, the sad reality is we're going to have to be grateful Christians. I I can't see it's possible for our children to grow up believing something totally different from us, doing something totally different, and yet say, I learned this in my home. The story of being a parent 
is that it is one more way that God changes you first. In the same way as Christians, we believe that the Lord is transforming us through what is hurting and the ways we suffer. The Christian story is God is transforming us by raising our children. There is a corporate saying, which is culture eats strategy for breakfast. (laughs) That's great. I've not heard that one before. What does that mean? So what it means is every parent who listens to this podcast could go away afterwards and say, we have a new strategy in our home. We are going to raise grateful children. And to do that, we will say thank you prayers to God every hour on the hour. And we will have a new motto. We nail above our door that says we are a grateful family. That's a strategy. Culture eats strategy for breakfast, meaning our children, after about three days of this, will be going, we're not actually more grateful than we used to be. We've just got this endless routine we now do, which is a bit tedious. Dad is still as cross and as grumpy and as whingy and as ungrateful as he always was. So I'll just carry on doing what I do too. And that's also the story of the Christian life, which is heartfelt faith eats religion for breakfast, which is... The way to make sure we do this is for our hearts to be set on fire with gratitude to Christ. And then, as if by magic or the Spirit's work, (laughs) our children will grow up being grateful too. In a way, our, our desire for our children to be grateful and the way we tell them off is a really a reflection of our own ungrateful hearts, isn't it? I mean, how, how therefore, how do we inculcate gratitude in us as a household as well as us as as parents because we're christians we start by being grateful to god Uh, someone recently said to me and maybe they heard it or read it in some very important book uh, that i don't know about but they said to me if we only ever thank god for what we see there'll come a day when we don't thank god that made quite an impression on me so what does that mean what it means is uh I have a seven-year-old son and he every night pretty much says, dear God, thank you for a good day. Please could tomorrow be a good day. Please help me to sleep. So he is in the habit, I think, of really thanking God for good, good days. He sees good things happen to him. He's seven. His days are pretty good, really. You know, the, the world revolves around him to some degree and he gets given meals when, he, when he's hungry and he gets given drinks when he needs them. If he grows up, only thanking God for good days, full tummies, good night sleeps. There'll come a day as an adult, if not before, when he'll be hungry, when he'll be thirsty, when his body hurts, when he can no longer run, uh, when he's got no friends. And the Christian faith says, will we keep thanking God even when we're in tears? Because he is still good. He is still loving us. So I'd love to model I'd love to show my seven-year-old son how to say, dear father, thank you that today you were with me, even though I spent most of the day in tears. So I, I think there's a first thing, which is as Christians, can we be thanking God for the things we can't see? In Ephesians, we read that we have every spiritual blessing. We're seated in the heavenly realms. Christians can always thank God, even when everything hurts. So let's start there. Let's learn to thank God for an abundance of things that are even surprising for our children. Dear Father, thank you that Jesus is in charge today. Dear Father, thank you that our Lord is on the throne and he's been busy loving us and being good to us today. Rather than, dear God, thank you, I won at football, I had an ice cream and my bed is warm. But good to give thanks for those things too. (laughs) And, And if your child is three, start there. 
because they yeah. don't know what it means that their lord is on is is seated on a throne and you are in the heavenly realms too because i thought you were sat next to my bed dad and there are points of the day i guess where we can do that i guess meal times would be an obvious one where we could possibly make more use of thanking god either before the food i was talking to somebody the other day about how grace had taken on this this idea that they were praying that the food would be nice <laughs> And that afterwards there might be a grace to thank God that the food was actually nice. So it sounded like there was a lot of prayer going on, but some of it was sort of just, could, could, could you make this, make this work out for us in the very short term, Heavenly Father? Because I'm pretty worried about this lasagna. Jam, you're absolutely right. Meal times must be a great time to thank God. Do it before, do it afterwards, change it up. Every time you get into a car, you're probably going somewhere you could pray about the thing you're going to and you could thank God when you get back in the car afterwards. I think car journeys or walking are often times when you can thank God because you can't go anywhere else, you can't do much else and probably something great has just happened. At the beginning and the end of the day are obvious times to pray, particularly the end of the day because we're probably going to say goodnight to our kids because we love them a lot. I mean, it's, every parent loves to give their kids a, a kiss and be reminded they've made it to the end of another long day. Just thinking when you were saying about things that we can see, it's really interesting how God does give us children to see the world through new eyes, though, doesn't he? It does feel like just as we're starting to get into our stride as adults and we start getting too clever for a whole bunch of things, he gives us these little ones who then start pointing at animals and you start to see animals and plants and the sky and the sunset and birds as if you hadn't really seen them before. You know, God is at work in us as he as he gives us our children, isn't he? And maybe helping us to be more grateful th through through their eyes as well as through their behaviour, which can obviously be challenging and difficult at times. And I think children are yet to learn our sort of cultural blind spots. So I think part of being British is we, we are fairly emotionally flat. We I think we dance and 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 sing a bit less than some cultures. I think we smile and giggle a bit less than some cultures. I think we delight in what is wonderful a bit less than some. I'm sure there are other things we do really well, but because I'm a Brit and I'm fairly downcast. We we take the adversity in a, in our stride a bit as well. Yeah. It's just a bit more stoical, aren't we? If you That's right. Yeah. Whereas children aren't yet like that. So when the happy things happen, they genuinely dance. And they sing, yeah. they make up songs because they're that happy. And when they're in pain, they just cry. And when they're bored, they lie down and they fall asleep, even if they're in the middle of a conversation. So <laughs> so I, I think that's absolutely right. Being a parent, that it's huge blessings. You don't need me to say that. You expect me to say that. but And therefore, I think that's right, is, is that wide-eyed wonder and the awe that to a child walking up to the top of that grassy hill was took all the energy they have in the day. And when they get there, it's a triumph. And even if the grassy hill was just six of your adult massive steps, they still stand at the top with their arms in the air and shout, I'm the king of the castle. And they can see something wonderful and you can say, dear father, thank you for legs to walk and that I can see the roof of the house next door. And I am the dirty rascal. Exactly. We'll be back with Ed Drew in a moment. When I spoke to Gurma Bishaw about this subject, he's the co-founder of the Gratitude Initiative. He had a really nice insight about when we talk to our children about being grateful. When we ch our children come comes back home from school or from playground, um, sad, 
we ask them, why are you sad? What happened? You know, kind of we become very concerned. But when they come happy, joyful, we don't ask them why. So that's actually an opportunity for us to teach them to be grateful because we we discuss with them the source of that happiness and that joy. It could be somebody have given them something or their friend said something about them or they've been successful in something. And talking about those things and they say, wow, that's that's why. And uh, did you say thank you or, or kind of, you know, helping them to pause in life, to learn to pause in life, to appreciate what the, the, the source of their joy and the source of um, their happiness is one way of encouraging um, gratitude in them. That's a really good one. And we do find ourselves saying an awful lot, oh, what's wrong? And actually, it would be good if we equally said, oh, what's right? And that becomes a bit of a catchphrase in the home. That's really terrific advice. Thank you. Well, this is all very well, but it's all dads. That's fine. But it'll be interesting to hear what a mum makes of it. So I spoke to Anna Putt, who is a trustee of the Keswick Ministries and also a mother of three and the wife of a vicar. So what does she make of what we've been talking about here? One of the challenges to this for me, um, and I am not great at this, so there are many challenges, um, as it was for the Israelites, actually, in the Old Testament, is my short memory. I don't have God's great perspective of the long term. Um, As a parent, I have three children at various different stages. I forget the amazing blessings of the Lord as the kids move on to the next stage so quickly and the challenges change. I forget all that I was praying for and um, needing help with in the previous stage. And I forget to say thank you for all that God helped me with, for helping me to persevere through it, for all the blessings he gave me in it. And I've just moved on to the challenges of the next stage and all that faces. As I moved out of the nappy phase or having kids at home around my feet constantly, I moved to the challenges of the teenagerhood. It just looms so large in my brain that I get scared and I forget all that God has been with me and helped me through in the last stages. I think another great challenge of this um, part of life of parenting is the daily grind. It just feels like it lasts forever. Um, Somebody told me, I can't remember who, but it's a really wise saying. I'm sure it's been around a lot, is that the days feel long, but the years feel short. And that certainly feels true to me now as my eldest one um, takes on the teenage. Then I look around and go, where did this time go to? But the days feel so long. The drudgery is really hard and it's difficult to look up in the face of that and see God's grace and goodness when it feels like you're constantly just having the next demand placed on you. It's hard to have God's perspective on life and be grateful when you're feeling very short term. And I guess the challenges of parenting in today's climate particularly is that we are living in a very entitled culture. Um, entitlement, the kind of you owe me, I have a right to it. Um, And our children are saturated in this. And so are we, if we're honest. And it really turns the whole culture on its head to see things as a gift from God and therefore to be grateful to him for all that we have and all that he does. To not be just moving on to the next thing on the wish list and seeking to gratify the desires of the short term. It's why the title of Peter Maiden's amazing book uh, was Radical Gratitude, Recalibrating Your Heart in an Age of Entitlement. 
It takes something radical to change your heart in this age of entitlement to be grateful. Christianity is totally countercultural in this way, and therefore we have to be intentional to foster a different perspective in our families. And by in our families, I don't just mean our children, as Ed's pointed out, I mean in us too. Because this is a real challenge for me. I um, struggle to be grateful in many ways. So I guess um, prayer is something that I really need and something that really helps. I underestimate the power of prayer to transform my life and my family's life and the power of um, inviting the Holy Spirit to come in and change my heart for both us and for our children. Because it is a heart attitude here. And for me to be able to be honest uh, with my children in times when I have got it wrong and to say, I'm sorry, I wasn't thankful for that. I'm sorry, I wasn't grateful. And then to see it as a mindset and as a mindset change that actually gratitude is a choice and it's a choice which bears great fruit. And we have a saying in our house, which is uh, grateful, not grumpy in how you choose to respond to a situation. So there uh, might be very little we could do about the situation that we are facing, but there is a lot we can do about the way that we choose to respond to it. And unfortunately, my default, and therefore some of my family's default, is to respond in a grumpy manner, you know, especially as uh, my older children, you know, they come back, how was school? Yeah, fine. Uh, uh. And you um, actually helping them to see that the way they respond to things Uh, the opposite of being grateful and thankful for everything is actually to be grumpy about everything and to moan and complain and um, have a grumbly spirit. So instead to choose that the way we're going to respond is to be grateful and to look for not just the good things um, that were in the day, but also the ways in which God was with us. Um, I think Ed's challenge was really helpful to not just be saying thank you for the things that we can see but also the ways in which uh, God was with us, even in the tough things. So to be grateful for those. We'll get back to Anna after I've had one more chat with Ed Drew. You released a photograph of a, of a time when you were with your kids trying to do a Bible study and you're gripping one quite tightly while the other two were face down on the sofa in various states. They lay us bare, don't they? And it's very frustrating, isn't it? How how can we be grateful for those uh, really challenging moments and also moments when they're sick and they just don't seem to be getting better? And, you know, we all know people who just live with long-term health issues for their children and it is heartbreaking. Uh, I know a family who are in the situation you've just mentioned, um, which is uh, they have a young teenager who has a chronic illness and um, the doctor asked to see the parents. And quite reasonably, the parents were looking forward to understanding something more of what the next steps in treatment would be. And the doctor spoke to them on their own without the daughter in the room and said, can you explain to me why your daughter is still joyful? She's okay, even though I know she's in pain all the time. And uh, she talks about her faith. And they explained to her that a consistent story of the Bible is that there is thankfulness to God even in the hardest times. And the doctor said, where in the Bible? And apparently they started at at Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd, that there is joy in the song, even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death. And the doctor then said, tell me another one. And, And they genuinely went through passages of the Bible because the doctor didn't believe this was a part of Christianity. We, we want to raise our children with a robust faith because all the data 
and the Bible tells us, a superficial faith that goes to church once every other week will not get you through childhood, let alone adulthood. So it's not helpful as parents to pretend everything is okay and to only ever sing cheerful Christian songs and to pray cheerful, thankful prayers. If we want our children to know their faith will get them through the whole of life and will be able to allow them to disciple other people, we want to raise disciples, not just disciples, then we need to help them respond with the Lord to the worst of times. It's it's striking that Philippians 4, verse 4, we know it very well. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again, rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything. But in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. There is an incredible interweaving of be thankful and sing and tell God everything that's worrying you with thanksgiving. Tell him what you need. There is a story here that that Paul is asking us to rejoice all the time, to find joy all the time. And you absolutely can take what hurts to the Lord. But as you do, you could also thank him. Not for the hurt, but for where you see his grace and his blessings. I do know that often I am guilty of not taking those things to the Lord. And I just bear the frustration and that's the beauty of a family, isn't it? Is when they remind you, my wife particularly is very good at when I, when I occasionally say, ah, there's this and there's this and there's this. And she says, I, I guess we could pray about that. <laughs> to which the response is, oh, yes, I suppose we could do that. Um, you know, I hadn't thought of that. Uh, that's an excellent idea. And the moment you do start praying about things, things, things do feel a little different. They don't always feel as different as you might like them to be but they certainly don't feel very different if you don't pray. There's just there's a quite a complicated thing happening, which is when your child comes to you with a problem, something that really hurts, something they wish wasn't there, the parent instinct is, I need to fix this because I love you so much. I need to take the problem away so you don't hurt. We just need to catch ourselves as parents and say, our best friends who are Christians don't try and take the problem away. They take you to the Lord with the problem. So that strange dynamic that as a parent, you are speaking to what you pray is your brother and sister in the Lord. So don't rush to take away the problem. Take the problem to the Lord with them. Pray together as disciples together. My daughter last night announced that the Lord had ruined all of our holidays this year. She said, God, I think. God God has ruined all our holidays. And she listed the things that have gone wrong on our holidays because something was going wrong right then after a weekend away with the church youth group had gone wrong. And I got to say to her, I, I would take all of those things you have mentioned for this conversation. One day, I think the Lord will say, I gave you those difficulties on your holidays so you could have those conversations with your children so that you could thank me, so you could teach them what faith looks like when holidays didn't quite go as you meant them yeah. to. And I guess in those moments as well, we, we we want to store them up and come back to them if we can. How can we do that when we revisit previous so-called disasters where a child was inconsolable about this or the other thing? And we can say, do you remember how you felt about this moment or that moment? 
Um, especially when they were smaller and they look back on themselves and just think, oh, yeah, wasn't, I was an idiot then, wasn't I? And it's like, no, well, no, you weren't actually. You really felt this deeply. And, and, and only now we can see that things uh, maybe weren't as important as they appeared at the time. Um, but it's very hard to remember those moments because we're always in the moment, aren't we? And children change a lot. The, the difference between a one-year-old and an 18-year-old is huge. So most three-year-olds, you need to revisit the issue within about five minutes or they've forgotten it ever happened. Uh, with an 11-year-old, you probably need to wait an hour just for the, the anger and the heat and the tears to calm down. And with an 18-year-old, you probably need to wait about two weeks until you can address the cause of this great hurt relationally again. We all, And sorry, then you add in the parent, which is if if you as a parent are fuming, it's, I think it's a common scenario we can all relate to, which is uh, we go away for some very expensive treat. And would you know it, our family is not perfect for the treat. You have a family argument in the most beautiful place on earth. You have a family argument during the nicest meal your children have ever eaten. Uh, and in that moment, you you find yourself as a parent shouting, why can't you be more grateful? Right, everyone in the car, we're leaving. And and I th- I've done it. And, you, you know, you drive back in a foul mood, sort of shouting, you are awful children. And then about three hours later, you think, oh, I'm an awful parent. <laughs> yeah. It's it's very encouraging to hear the director of Faith in Kids say these things. <laughs> and I think you're you're commendable in your honesty. But it's so important, isn't it, that we're honest because there's so much pretending and we, we all have this imaginary perfect family in our heads. Uh there there is that family at church who just seem to be sorted. Um and uh, some families might think that that's your family and you're thinking you could not be more wrong. Yeah. So, and, and that's where we started in this wonderful conversation is being a parent means your children see all of you. So even if the family in church don't see all of you, they do. So the Lord is doing a great work in you. The spirit is transforming us. We are not conformed to this world. That is happening. Don't, don't make this another podcast or another conversation where you leave feeling guilty. The Lord is changing you to be more godly, to be more grateful. I know that's happening because I have a promise. The Spirit is working the life of every Christian parent. And your children are part of the way that is happening. Well done. You are more grateful than you used to be. You do see the Lord's hand of grace at work in your life more than you used to. Your children are blessed to be living with you as a Christian parent. A miracle is happening before their eyes. You are not the parents you once were and you're not the parents you wish you were. But in the Lord's good purposes, you are the parent they need. Well done. Keep going. Be grateful. Ask them to be grateful and say sorry when you're not to them and the Lord. I can't top that and I'm not going to. Edrew, thank you very much indeed. It's been a pleasure. Let's get back to Anna, who's got some words of encouragement from Spurgeon for us. We love a Spurgeon quote. Spurgeon uh, said once, I have learned to kiss the wave that strikes me against the rock of ages. 
And just that idea that not just um, being pushed towards God is such a good thing, that when tough times come and we are pushed to lean on God, our rock of ages, and we're not just grateful to God for being there and to be able to lean on him, but we're grateful to the thing that pushes us to lean on him. And I am not yet good at this, but I wish I was able to be grateful for the tough times because they push me onto God. So when I see a tough time or when I see a tough time in my kid's life, because let's face it, tough times in my life are much easier to deal with than a tough time in my kid's life. It breaks my heart so much to see my kids going through difficult times so much more than it does for me to face a tough time. And we have, you know, we've got kids that have been very sad at school. We've got kids that are suffering with long-term difficulties that will require, yeah, a lot of help and support. But I uh, would long to kiss that wave that has pushed them and me closer to the Rock of Ages. If I could do that, how wonderful that would be. And then uh, one of the ways in helping me to do that is just the patterns and habits of family life, the rhythms of family life. And some of that is a daily uh, being thankful. So as um, Ed's already pointed out, being thankful before mealtimes, making the most of that. So we ask one of our kids at each meal something you're thankful for. And it might be um, a habitual, it might become quite um, just, retor- uh, yeah, just a bit of rhetoric and rhythm of religion. But actually, sometimes you get that spark of something really genuine in there. And even if it is just the ritual, it's a reminder of who God is and that there are things to be grateful for, even in a tough day. Um, and, and also we have a yearly reminder in every new year. We do a thankfulness jar. Now, the idea was meant to be that we were meant to write things down in the year, put them in the jar and then get them all out at New Year and pray over them and thank God for them. But we were not so good at setting it up and remembering to do it through the year. So now what it's become is um, at New Year, we stop and we look back over our year, we reflect. We often use pictures and a calendar to help with the younger ones. And we write down things that we've been thankful to God for over the past year, put it all in the jar then and get them out and thank God for that too. Part of our habit of yearly um, thankfulness is also coming to Keswick. That actually has been a a wonderful point in which we can stop and remember the Lord and remember all he's done for us over the past year to stop and reflect. And one of the things I think Keswick's been quite good at doing before maybe it was fashionable even was this intergenerational teaching. I love the fact that the adults and the kids are all learning the same thing so that we can go to our morning sessions hear about the great God and all that he has done and all of who he is. And then in our afternoons, spend time talking about that and chewing over that together as a family. And that just helps to uh, both solidify the bonds of faith and make it real and genuine. And we can talk about some of these things together. So that's what I learned. Rachel, what do you make of this? Jam, thank you so much for being an expert collector of these bits of conversations that we've listened into. This has been so interesting. And again, as ever, I feel I have so much to mull on, especially not yet being a parent, but having much to think about. Even just me and my husband, we do practice gratefulness. We try and pray every night some thanks to the Lord for whatever's happened in the day. But Yes, it's so easy to thank God for the things that we see and the things that are in front of us and just be put out when they aren't what we'd want them to be. But I was really challenged on what Ed said about being better at thanking God for the things that we can't see. And I think that is a real key to unlocking 
my prayer life with my husband in the evening to to make sure we are praying those things in and how much better that will be for us, especially when it's hard and it's often hard. So what a what a gift is that little nugget uh, to help us along our along our journey. Well, thanks, Rachel. And I'm really looking forward to seeing what you're putting together for us next time. Thanks very much for listening, everyone. Do recommend it to a friend, maybe to a fellow parent. Get them to have a listen, have a conversation with them. And also, don't forget to plan to come to the Keswick Convention, as Anna Putt reminded us. There's so much family ministry going on there. So hope to see you there. Thanks very much for listening. Thanks, Rachel. A joy. Thank you so much. And look forward to seeing you next time. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Goodbye.